The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. City councillors in St. Albert became the first municipality in the province to pass a motion to, cur- to curb conversion therapy. The motion states that, quote, conversion therapy is not a lawful business activity in St. Albert and no business license shall be issued for any person or organization that is conversion therapy as part of its business activities. And on social media, in the studio, guests, commentators were saying, what a win for the province. What a great move from St. Albert. And now it's the conversation is being opened up elsewhere to explore the criminal court, rather explore the criminal code reforms to halt conversion therapy across Canada. And on that note, Randy Boissonneau, a Liberal MP for the Edmonton Centre joins us. Hello, how are you? I'm very well, you? We are well, thank you for asking. So, so take us into what what these criminal code reforms, what, what it would take, is it, is it a simple change? Is it a, is it a big change? Sure. So what I think is important to note is that there are certain elements already in the criminal code that can apply to different activities related to conversion therapy, and that can include forcible confinement. It can include kidnapping. Uh, if there's a fee that somebody's paying somebody to try to change somebody's sexual orientation, gender identity, or gender expression, then fraud could apply. And because it's basically targeting hatred towards a minority group, uh, the hate provisions in the criminal code can also apply. And now the reason that St. Albert's move is such a big, courageous move is because we actually do need the help of municipalities and provinces to help us stamp this out. Because we could right now pull a federally incorporated uh, business license, or we could pull somebody's charitable status if there's an organization doing this. But if we have an organization that's doing this with a provincial license or a municipal permit, that's not something that the federal government can pull because it's not our jurisdiction. And so that's why Minister Lametti, Minister Pettipot-Taylor, and I wrote to all of the ministers of justice, all of the ministers of health, to say, can we work on this together to finally end this process, uh, you know, this, this terrible uh, practice which is akin to torture across the country, and then we are going to take a hard look as a justice ministry working with stakeholders to see how we can criminalize anything dealing with trying to change somebody's sexual orientation, gender identity, or gender expression. So the people who are doing this in the basements, behind the scenes, you know, in, in organizations, uh, premises, know that if they're doing this work and they're caught, that they'll go to jail and or face a big fine or both. I'm going to call this a problem in the sense that conversion therapy is a problem. How widespread across the country is it? Well, look, StatsCan isn't doing details on this because it's illegal. You shouldn't be doing it at all. But what we do have is, is a lot of anecdotal evidence, and I've, I've actually listened to uh, victims of this. I mean, you, it's, it's all based, and you're right, it's wrong, it shouldn't happen, it's illegal. It's, it's all based on a false premise that if you're gay, lesbian, trans, that there's something wrong with you and you should be changed. That's not true. Like, I'm the first openly gay MP to go to the federal parliament, but, like, there's nothing... You know, People might not like my policy, but there's no reason to change me. And quite frankly, electroshock therapy, psychotropic drugs, you know, showing me photos, uh, you know, of people I'm not attracted to aren't going to stop me from loving my partner, David. And that's what people are trying to do to our kids. And so we got to stamp it out and we got to say, and I don't care what your political stripe is. You can be conservative, you can be green, you can be NDP, you can be liberal, whatever. But when you're elected, part of your responsibility, even your first responsibility, is to keep fellow citizens and youth safe. And that's where I think we can all get behind this together. Last year on this show, we had a, a man on by the name of Kevin Schultz. And yep. he spoke with, with Jalen Nye. And he was very candid about 
how disgusted he was and how impacted he was for likely the rest of his life. Just how, how violent does this conversion therapy get for people? Well, imagine having your body hooked up to electric shock. And when you have um, an arousal to an image that the people doing this to you think you shouldn't have, you get shocked. And if that doesn't stop you from being turned on by who you're turned on by, then they start pumping you full of psychotropic drugs. And those drugs, once the therapy is over, can have addictive care, can addict you for life. I mean, I've talked to people who've gone through this, who've been subjected, who are victims of this, and said it's not that they felt like that their life was going to end, it's that they already felt dead inside. Like there was just nothing left. There were no feelings at all. And so, I mean, if you take this to its logical extent, where this came from in the past is that people were lobotomized because they didn't think that being uh, gay or lesbian or having a different gender identity expression would fit into society. It wasn't, quote, normal. And so we got to stamp this out and say, this doesn't belong in Canada. This is not who we are. This is not our values. And if a beat cop or a bylaw officer or an RCMP or a city cop knows this is happening somewhere, then they need to persecute these people to the fullest extent of the law. And I want to work with my colleagues, should we get sent back to Ottawa, to be able to make sure that this anything to deal with conversion therapy is fully criminalized. And a ban wouldn't work, because a ban would be then subjected to all kinds of constitutional challenges, which is why when we said to no, we couldn't do a ban to a petition that was put in the House of Commons earlier this year, I then followed up with Justice and said, look, let's look and see what's left if we can do more. Turns out we can do more, so we're going to work with experts to figure out exactly how to change the criminal code. It's incredible to hear, I just want to say candidly, it's incredible to hear the passion in your voice speaking on this topic and your level of understanding and the history that goes into something like this. What is what is our ideal timeline for implementation if if there is a response to the letters? Sure. Well, look, so we sent these letters out. I'm expecting a response later this summer, so are the ministers. And uh, we already have citizens reaching out to their municipal councillors across the country saying, why don't we do it? Somebody from Okotoks was on Twitter yesterday saying, actually, I'm going to raise this at my, at my council. Um, that's cool. That's how change happens. I know that the Ministry of Justice can work with... Uh, uh, stakeholders this summer, the LGBTQ secretariat that supports my work will be doing the same. But then we need to actually do the hard work and actually work on the language so that it's, you know, charter proof and it's constitutional challenge proof. And that's certainly something that I would be taking back to Parliament uh, with me in the fall and into the, the winter session of 2020 should the residents of Edmonton Centre send me back to Ottawa. Why has it taken this long to get to this point? Obviously, you know, I, in, in the tone of your voice, this is something that, that should have been taken care of long ago. Look, it's a great question, and I can tell you the first year of my mandate was spent uh, getting ready so that the Prime Minister could apologize to the LGBTQ community for 50 years of discriminatory practices. So we had to reset the table and say that we have the back of the community because, quite frankly, they were right to not trust governments, and that's governments of all stripes. But we reset the agenda, and then we systematically started working through files. And I saw the petition, saw what it did in Parliament, saw the response, and said, okay, I think we can do better. And so working with Minister Lametti, Minister Pettipaw-Taylor, now we see that there's a, you know, another way uh, to do this. And we, just like the apology, we have to do this right, and we have to do this in the right time, and, and we have to make sure it's done well so that it doesn't get bounced out uh, in a court. And we're going to do this because it's the right thing to do. And somebody said, um, I think it was an activist from Montreal said this yesterday, one person is too many. Nobody should be subject to this. You, like, I was born this way. I'm not going to change. And, and no, 
no process that somebody's going to subject, uh, you know, a 12 or 14 or 10 or 16-year-old kid is going to change them either. There's no basis in science. It's wrong, and we need to stop it, and that's what I'm committed to doing. The police chief in Calgary in 2017 issued an apology on behalf of CPS and, and their treatment of the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. This year, Dale McPhee issued an apology to the community. Just a few months ago, the blood donation ban was reduced for the community from a year to three months. Now we're tackling conversion therapy. What else needs to be done? What else are you working on? Well, look, I want to say to the chiefs of both Calgary and Edmonton, thank you. And as... Um as Chief Dale here said, it's just the beginning of a conversation. It's not the end. And apology is never the end. An apology is a reset and saying we're going to do better. And so I'm very much looking forward to working the Chief here. We got 70% of the kids who are at YESS tonight here in Edmonton at the youth shelter over in Strathcona identify as LGBTQ2. So why do we have parents kicking out their kids when they come out as queer, when they come out as LGBT? That shouldn't happen, not in 2019. Like, whatever happened to, you're my kid, I love you, okay, my, your future's now different than I thought it was going to be, but you shouldn't end up on the street, you shouldn't end up living rough. I mean, we just finished a health study for LGBTQ2 people across the country at the House of Commons, and it shows that our health indicators in the aggregate are only slightly above that of Indigenous peoples. So we need to raise the health of Indigenous peoples, we need to raise the health of LGBTQ2 peoples. We've got seniors being recloseted when they go to find a senior's home. That shouldn't happen. Now, there's one place here in Edmonton, Strathcona, uh, Ashburn Place, that actually is LGBT-friendly. They interviewed all the staff, they interviewed all the residents, and they said, of course we want more LGBT people. They're probably live in the place up. And so we got a lot of issues. We got suicide issues, we got mental health addictions, we got all kinds of issues that people don't realize. It's not just about, it, it is about the pride, it is about celebrating the achievements, but it's also about doing the hard work uh, you know, on behalf of the community. So there's lots of work ahead of us. So we explored the work still to come, mm-hmm. but where, where we've, we've succeeded. T- take us through your emotions when you, you found out that city councillors in St. Albert were putting this forward to, to become the first municipality in Alberta to, to pass the motion to curb conversion therapy. What were your feelings when you heard that? Well, my feeling was first I was surprised. Like, I grew up between Morinville and St. Albert. My grandmother was 35 years dietitian at the Uville home. I, I used to do the Seven Hills as a, as a kid on my toboggan, and, and I grew up with that community, and I was surprised and, and heartened and made the decision Monday to write a five-minute speech and go talk. Like, I went to council and said, look, we need your help. Like, we can't do it all as the federal government. And this is one of those issues where if it's about protecting kids, if it's about protecting our you know, fellow citizens, then we got to do the work. Uh, Vancouver did this kind of a ban in 2018, and they did a full ban. Like, it's not just for kids. It's for everybody. And, like, th- there's 50 cities and states in the United States that have done it. Like, when Washington State said no, then Seattle stepped up to do it. Uh, New York City put in a ban, and then New York State followed. So, you know, this is, this is citizen mobilization. Like, people listening right now, if they're fired up, all they got to do is fire an email or send a tweet to their counselor and say, why don't we do this here? Randy Boissonneau is Liberal MP for Edmonton Centre. Randy, thank you for taking the time out of your busy day and thank you for bringing the passion. We always appreciate your thoughts and insights and uh, I'm sure we'll be in touch soon. All the best to you both. Take care.